Section 16 The Roosevelt Rondon Scientific Expedition and the Telegraph Line Commission This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros The Roosevelt Rondon Scientific Expedition and the Telegraph Line Commission by Candido Mariana da Silva Rondon Translation by Richard George Reedy and Edwin Douglas Murray Third Lecture, Part 3 From that date onward, the visits of the Indians to our camps never ceased, and there were times when they arrived in groups of two hundred and more. The news of such extraordinary success spread rapidly over the whole forest, the result being that to these first tribes others soon joined coming more than twenty leagues from the north in this way we made the acquaintance of the sabanas the ayeas the exodes and the teobes who are the finest men of the whole region not even the old invalids wish to be deprived of the satisfaction of seeing with their own eyes the men who suddenly appeared in this fashion in their territory with the power to produce so deep and radical a modification in their secular habits such as the one that results in substituting their stone implements by others made of steel these events so highly significative in the general work lately initiated for the protection and the civilization of the indians had to be commemorated by naming the telegraph station which was to be erected in those forests as a result of all the efforts which were being employed thus the idea occurred to me that no other could better satisfy the moral and civic requirements of the emotions and the hopes which had sprung up and which it was desired to see developed and fructify than that of the great statesmen of our independence in order to further enhance the significance of the homage which we were about to render to the memory of the great author of the apantamentos para a civilizacio dos indios bravos do brazil notes for the civilizing of the brazilian wild indians i selected his glorious birthday the thirteenth of june for the date of the inauguration of the new establishment and by quite a coincidence i was able to carry out the solemnity corresponding to this act not only in the presence but also with the cooperation of a group of tauite nambiquaras who designated one of their daughters to unfold to the winds of those wild regions the sacred symbol of the brazilian nationality after inaugurating this station called jose bonifacio and whilst we continued with the location of the line along the general route of the 1909 reconnaissance until we crossed the former duvida and departed therefrom some ten kilometers to the northwest we went on investigating the means of solving the transportation problem which services became day by day more imperfect and uncertain practically we had already ceased to rely upon the supplies from tapirapoan the packs on which they depended became disorganized and were almost exterminated before they could cover the enormous distances which they had to travel in order to arrive where we were 
In compensation, we had almost approached the river Pimenta Bueno, which we knew since 1909 when we had discovered it, and caused it to be reconnoitered by Lieutenant Elen Caliense and Dr. Alipio de Miranda Ribeiro to be the main feeder of the Gui Paraná. Consequently, in order to solve the pressing problem of transportation, we should profit by the relative facilities afforded by the river navigation, causing our baggage to come down from Maneos, along the Madeira up to the mouth of the Gui. Thenceforward it would be carried in barges up this river, at the point of the confluence of the Pimenta Bueno with the Commemoracio de Floriano, after being unloaded from the barges it would be handed over to the pack trains by which it would be finally conveyed to the place where we might be encamping we would still remain dependent naturally on the mules and bullocks whose maintenance would be rendered extremely difficult in those regions where the nineteen o nine expedition had found only the tall and close-set trees of the virgin forests but on the other hand there was the advantage that the distances to be covered would become shorter and shorter as we progressed with the construction thus the efforts demanded of the beasts would gradually decrease in order to carry out this scheme it was necessary for us to adopt two series of measures the first was the organization of the river craft for the navigation on the gui parana the second had relation to the preparation of the road for the transit of the pack trains from the terminus of the navigation up to the camp. The latter, however, was changeable and accompanied the advance of the construction. Consequently, in order to be properly and at all times useful, the road should be made in conjunction with the same route which the telegraph wire would follow. I committed the opening up of this track to the charge of lieutenant nicolao bueno horta barbosa who after leaving jose bonifacio with a small gang of men armed with machetes and axes proceeded along clearing the track opened by the nineteen o nine expedition and at the same time carrying out partial explorations intended to improve in certain points the route of that expedition from the point of departure up to the river Pimenta Bueno, Lieutenant Nicolao had to successively cross the rivers Duvida, Comemoracio de Floriano, and Barrio de Melgaso. In the first named, he discovered a new crossing situated at a point 800 meters above that utilized by the 1909 expedition, and having over the latter the advantage of not being in swampy ground and in the second which was crossed by the track at a point near a waterfall salto do paraiso a beautiful camp was discovered below this point covered with magnificent pasture and which was named parabens thence up to barrio del melgaso and from the latter to the port of boa passagem on the pimenta bueno lieutenant nicolao did not depart from the nineteen o nine track from that port up to the confluence there were still some five leagues to be covered the small expedition however which was travelling on foot could not cover this distance in consequence of the state of health of that officer and one of his men who were both suffering with high fever of the four persons who formed the whole party 
Only two were in a condition to walk. They were ordered to proceed along the river until they should come out by the pier, at the confluence in order to bring up from there some sort of craft in which the sick might be taken. Thus, on the 7th of September, this small expedition terminated, and besides reopening the road from the station of José Bonifacio to the river Pimenta Bueno, it made the most important discovery of the Campo de Parabens in the very heart of the virgin forest. Another interesting result obtained on this march of Lieutenant Nicolao was the fact that he was able to ascertain that there existed villages of Indians and their plantations established along that road after crossing the Commemoracio de Floriano. In 1909, when the expedition for the reconnaissance from Cuyaba to the Madeira passed along there, no signs revealed the fact that the region was inhabited. On the other hand, the style in which the houses were built the pottery, the musical instruments, and other wares seen in the Malocas, where, at the time, there was not a single inhabitant or fires alight, differed in form, dimensions, and materially from those used by the Nambiquaras. It was evident, therefore, that we had before us a new nation, of which we had, so far, no knowledge whatever." Judging from the information collected among the Nambiquaras adjoining them towards the west, there lives an anthropophagic people whom they know under the name of Malotandus. The villages and the plantations discovered by Lieutenant Nicolao could belong to a group of these people. Certainly after the passage of the 1909 expedition, some of them whilst on their customary hunting excursions observed on the felled trees the cut of our implements, which are really extraordinary when compared to those made by their stone implements. They were most desirous of possessing such admirable axes, and had formed the project of lining up on the roadside awaiting the return of the men who had opened up the cutting. When this occurred, they would employ the best means of entering into relationship with the proprietors of the much-desired axes, and so obtain them. Afterwards we verified that we had not made a mistake in our suppositions, except in the part relative to the identification of the people in question with the Malotondus of the Nambiquaras because Lieutenant Amarante, having been entrusted with the opening up of the road, which cutting had been cleared again by Lieutenant Nicolao, he found himself one day in front of three Indians, who, half hidden amid the vegetation, watched him with drawn bows ready to let go their arrows. In the face of that imminent risk, the distinguished officer did not lose his presence of mind, by gesture language he endeavored to make the Indians understand that he did not wish to molest them. On the contrary, his wish was to treat them kindly, and in a friendly manner. Then one of the hiding Indians got up, and in an energetic tone addressed himself to the others, who still persisted in carrying out the aggression, and opposed himself to their intent. He having succeeded in this, the Indians approached with the greatest stealth, making the customary introduction discourses, and took Lieutenant Amarante together with the only man who accompanied him on this occasion, the civilian Huayo de Duce, to the village, where they were received with acclamations of great joy, for they were looked upon as friends whose visit had for a long time been desired and expected.
The relations thus established developed very quickly and permitted us to get to know this Indian tribe, of which no explorer of the wilderness had noticed before. In their own language their name is Kepikiri Uat. Their domains extend on the easterly border up to the river Commemoracio de Floriano, which they call the Tamboroe, where the Nambequara territory commences and includes all the valley of the Pimenta Bueno, or Dijaro Urebe, which word in the English language signifies the brilliant river. Their population is distributed in numerous independent groups, each one with its own name, such as Beap Uaps, Urapanan, Barepits, Uaparanas, Guep Uats, etc. On many occasions I was in villages belonging to the Kepakiri Uats, whose custom I was able to observe. If I wished to relate same here, I would have to extend this lecture more than would be convenient. I therefore limit myself to saying that they, just as the Nambiquaras, use no clothes, not even the women. In spite of this, however, they make cloths out of cotton cultivated in their splendid plantations, of which they make hammocks in which to sleep. In this, as in many other points, they are more advanced than the Nambiquaras who make their beds on the ground, without any other care beyond that of picking out places covered with sand. They do not smoke, but they take snuff by means of a most ingenious implement, which consists of a tube of thin bamboo, about two feet long, having at one of its extremities a small recipient made out of coconut shell. The bowl being filled with tobacco dust, the person who is about to sniff brings same to his nostrils, and another person, making use of the other extremity of the tube, blows through same, making the snuff penetrate into the nostrils of the snuffer, who helps the operation by taking a deep inhalation. This instrument, to which cannot be denied the merit of a novelty, and to which I attribute excellent qualities, amongst others that of being less aggressive than the Nambiquara cigarette, is called in the Kepikiri Uat language Narima Kap. Equally curious is the reception ceremony on important visits. We were almost saying embassies. The solemnity takes place in the yard. The men present themselves armed, spick and span, and remaining standing, whilst the women form a group, squatting at a small distance off. The visitors are placed in the center of the yard. The men commence to march, arms in hand, and thus defile in front of the recent arrivals, whose chief must be prepared to receive and retribute the friendly, and perhaps somewhat excessive shake-hands, of the Kepikiri Uats. Here is how this part of the ceremony takes place. Each Indian, when facing that chief, stops, rests the bow and arrows against his own body, and extends his two arms with hands opened and fingers stretched out. The visitor must extend his hands in the same fashion, and lock his fingers with those of the Indian. This done, the two friends set to work shaking each other in an extremely cordial manner, so much so that it would fill with envy those splendid gentlemen who are accustomed to take the opportunity of shaking hands with us to show us the strength of their wrists. Having terminated the masculine compliments, then follow those of the women, each one of which comes and shakes hands in a friendly way with the visitors.
After this they retire to the interior of the huts, and the men sit down to initiate their conversation with their guests. We have said above that these Indians were not those indicated by the Nambiquaras under the name of Malotundus. This verification was made possible by us from the fact that the Kepakiri Uats themselves informed us that nearer its headwaters the Pimenta Bueno possessed a feeder, the Dujano Juperara or Rio Vermelho Red River, the valley of which is occupied by a tribe which they call Cueyas, and the description of these given to us by them coincides exactly with that given by the Nambiquaras relative to the terrible Melotondus. However, we saw in the possession of a Kepakiri Ua chief a human collarbone which he used as a flute. On inquiring of him the origin of this bone, the Indian replied, saying that it belonged to a Koeia whom he had slain in combat. Finally, he confessed that his tribe was not entirely exempt from the guilt of cannibalism. They limit themselves, however, to practice same only in regard to the koeias killed in battle. This they do by the desire to vindicate their parents and friends who had been previously eaten by those savages. But contrary to the practice of the latter, they do not arrive at consuming all the flesh of the victim, because each one contents himself with such a small portion that most of the body remains intact and is rejected. The flute made out of the collarbone of the Kauai'a Indian, to which I have referred above, is now in the National Museum. As we have seen, the commencement of our relations with the Kepakiri Uats is due to Lieutenant Amarante, who was entrusted with the opening up of the road from Jose Bonifacio to the confluence of the rivers Pimenta Bueno and Comemoracio. This work took place in 1913, and after finishing same, the transport of the baggage destined to the construction camp and the other services of the line up to Vilhena was done along the Gui Perana. On arriving at that confluence, it was taken over by the pack animals and carried to its destination. However, our greatest efforts were employed in the direction of reducing, as far as possible on this journey, the part which had to be done by land. Similar results could be arrived at once the Commemoracio de Floriano proved navigable above its confluence with the Pimenta Bueno. To decide this question, I again designated Lieutenant Amarante indicating to him that he should leave from Campo de Parabens, going along the Commemoracio up to the end of its course. Having concluded this expedition, the results collected from same surpassed all our expectations, not only because it was ascertained that the river was navigable up to the mouth of a feeder on the right bank, to which we gave the name of Francisco Bueno, but also because we learned of the existence of many other camps, from that mouth to the confluence with the Pimenta Bueno. The immediate consequence of these discoveries was the modification introduced in the route for the telegraph line, to which, instead of crossing the Commemoracio at Campo de Parabens and continuing through the interior of the woods traversed in 1909, it descended the mouth of the small river Francisco Bueno, and from there followed along that river on the left bank. 
Thus we benefited for the construction of the facilities offered by the camp, and again we obtained permanent advantage in having guaranteed to us the subsistence of the pack animals which travel between the mouth of that small river and the Vilhena station, inasmuch as in the whole of this journey of nearly twenty-five leagues only less than ten are devoid of pasture. At the bar of the new river we placed the first station after José Bonifacio, and to which we gave the name of Barreo del Melgazo. The distance between these two stations is sixty-seven kilometers. But apart from these results, Lieutenant Amarante's expedition obtained others, of a geographical nature emanating from the precise determination of the course of the Commemoracio de Floriano. The fixation of the bar of the river Barreo del Melgaso is a demonstration that the hypothesis which gave place to the including of the Duvida as one of the tributaries of the basin of the Gui Paraná was incorrect. After the bar of the river Francisco Bueno, the road studied by Lieutenant Amarante continued along the course of the Commemoracio up to the point where, later on, the station of Pimenta Bueno in the confluence of the river of this name would be equipped. From there, Lieutenant Amarante prolonged his expedition by the right bank of the upper Gui Paraná until arriving at the store called Yurupa the property of a company of rubber tappers, established a little below the mouth of the river of the same name. End of section 16